Hello everyone, welcome to Creating Grin, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast set in the homebrew fantasy world of Solaris on the continent of Alteratus. At the table, we have the three players that will bring to life our adventurers. To my right, we have... I'm Jason, I'm playing Gorath Thunderfist, a Goliath fighter. I'm having a hard time trying to wrap my head around this dwarven sorcery that has just occurred. And I am Brian. I'm playing Kelbrick's Goldfound, a human grave cleric. And Kelbrick's is feeling a little upset about what happened with this elf. And uh, feels like he may have made a wrong wrong move on that. And I'm Katie, playing Arya Collis, a tiefling rogue who just wants to get this over with and search this tunnel and hopefully find some good things. <laughs> And my name is Eric, and I will be your dungeon master for this chapter of our tale. So, Kelbrix staring down a large cavernous hole that has opened up in the back of this petrified tree. The faint stench of earth mixed with must, mold, slight mildew wafts out and assaults your nose. Lovely. <laughs> Well, I've definitely smelled a lot worse in the graveyards. So, everybody ready? <laughs> Do we want to rest this time? <laughs> I mean... You, you may short rest if you like. Or you're just up, going for it. Or you can YOLO. I'm fine with YOLOs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if we want to take a short rest before we head down, that's, that's fine. Might be a good idea. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we will take a short rest, <laughs> set up for a little bit. I will uh, keep light on my mace and uh, take a take a little break. Is everybody ready at this point? I think everybody's ready at this point. Okay. What's your marching order going to be as you venture into this cavernous hole leading into the earth? I'll take the lead since I have the light. Okay. I'll be right behind you. And I will be dead last. <laughs> Emphasis on the word dead. Hopefully not dead. Yeah. Alright, so, Kelbrix, you Stupid start tubers. to make your way towards the cavernous hole. You can see that it definitely slopes downward. It's not a gradual slope. It's more of a about a 35 degree. Like, it's a, a significant slope. Okay. There's a lot of loose dirt and sediment. So, an athletics check would be required to make it down safely, unless you want to goonies your way down this tunnel. I will roll athletics, and that is a 9. That 9 is good. You're able to grab a hold of the sides of this tunnel. Um, the one thing you do notice is it is 4 feet in diameter. So it is a very, hun yeah, hunkered down, kind of watch your head uh, for you. Um... Your thoughts are going to go back towards your massive Goliath friend, Gorath. This is going to be a rough ride for him. As a matter of fact, any type of actions that you would take, like combat actions or things within this tunnel, are definitely going to be at disadvantage because of the tight quarters. Dwarves in there. I would say uh, maybe more for Gorath than the rest of you, because you guys are probably... What, what's your height? Let's discuss that right now. Kelbrick's, what, what are you? So, I am 5'11". Okay, and Ari? 5'7". Okay, so yeah, it's going to be tough, but 
I'm sure Gorath is. Gorath is a healthy seven. <laughs> yeah, it's going to definitely be a little restricting for you, sir. Um, be on your the knees further walking. you move down, extending your mace for your light source, um, and grabbing a hold of various uh, vines and roots that kind of protrude out of the ceiling and the wall, um, it kind of has that, I'm sure everybody's seen, but that Empire, of, uh, Empire Strikes Back effect. When Luke kind of travels down into that tunnel, oh, yeah. you know, into the tree, essentially. Gotcha. Um, it is very damp and humid. Uh, the, the you know the the earth starts turning into a little bit softer. You sink a little bit more. It gets a little uh, mud, if you will. And you're gonna travel down this slope for about seventy five feet down. Like it, it goes down significantly far and deep um, once it gets to the point of 75 feet it starts to, to level off okay. and then the diameter opens up an extra foot so now it's five feet so it's less of a hunker down you you know you kind of duck your head keep your head ducked a little bit more it's a little more comfortable for Ari Garath I'm sorry hmm. um there are some spots that kind of like will go up so you know it'll reach six feet in height which is a little bit you know you can stand upright and such um you do begin to hear the sound of dripping water and you do start seeing smaller puddles that continue to grow the further you walk lovely i will change this over to our map that we will be using to demonstrate which you can see on youtube so in this map, Kelbrix, I'm pretty sure your light source is green. So that's what you can see that Ari cannot. When you guys are together, it goes to normal color, I'm pretty sure. I've been uh, playing around with the dynamic lighting on roll 20. Yep, looks right. So, lead the way, Kelbrix. Alright, and you're all following close behind. Yeah. Okay. Close as I can. Jeez. Hmm. So for viewers out there on YouTube land, if you're looking at this, purple light is what Ari can see, and the green light is what the Kelbrooks can see. Now Kelbrooks, as you get to that point, whoop, yep, <laughs> you're going to notice that there is a significant puddle. Mm-hmm. You're not sure how deep it is because of the water. You can hear the dripping, and then you can see protruding out of the walls... Uh, about halfway, maybe 10 feet to your right side, are these large fungal growths. And it smells very musty and moldy. Uh, and then if you look a little further, which you can see with your uh, light source, mm-hmm. on the other side of this puddle, maybe about 20 feet or so, on the left side of the wall, are similar stocks of these mold or fungus that are protruding and growing. It seems as if the water is coming down from the roots or the vines and kind of have created this natural puddle swell of water or puddle. Again, it's a little murky. You're not sure how deep it is. It could drop off. It could just be a couple inches. Okay. Um, <clears throat> can I do a nature check on these fungal growths and see if it's something that I might be aware sure. of? You may certainly do so. Alright. That is 11 plus 0. 11. Okay. Um, these do look like just the standard type of fungus. Uh, 
stocks, you know, big uh, mushroom stocks that you would see in kind of a dank, dark area. All right. Well, um, I'm going to move a little bit closer. Or does the puddle start, like, right there? Your boot is right at the yeah, the puddle. Okay. Yeah, so you're, you're... what I want to do is take my mace, the, the end of it that's lit, and actually kind of stick it into the water and see how far it goes down. Sure. Um, when you extend and kind of lean over, you can feel bottom within a couple inches, but you can see by the way the water line is sitting on your mace, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's dropping down gradually. Okay. It's not like a complete drop of, off. I'm gonna move forward slowly and continue doing so. Of like, as you do. Oh boy! I need everyone to give me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> As you hear this ungodly loud scream emanating from these stalks, these mushroom stalks, just shrieking loudly in the tunnel. Oh boy. That's uh, 18 for me, 13 plus 5. That's good. That's 9 and 2 for me, so 11. Okay. I have a 15 plus 1, so that's a 16 All right, for me. so you are all able to cover your ears quick enough not to take any type of physical or psychic damage from these screaming stocks, but they continue to bellow and scream, and it is loud. All right. Um, this, is anno- uh, this is obnoxious, so I'm going to go ahead and just cast Sacred Flame on the stocks, and hopefully the you know <laughs> radiant damage will... Yep. You, you cast it, and go ahead and remind me again what the... It's a DC 13 deck save. Okay. Or take 1d8 uh, radiant damage. And you cast Sacred Flame, and they continue to shriek and scream as there's zero effect to it. Alright. Well, then I guess just going to go at it with my mace then. Okay. At this point. As you step forward, you this is just a little narration for you. Mm-hmm. You can definitely feel that the water like it, it begins to get deeper and it's very mucky. Like you can feel the tension when you try to pull your boot up. Alright. And that will be a whopping nine to hit. Five plus four. Yeah, you swing and because when you plant your boot, it kind of shifts your, you know, balance My off. Balance. You'll slam into the side of the uh, tunnel and bits of rock and sediment begin to kind of like crumble and splash into the water as you kind of like have to give a hearty tuck to your mace. Um, Careful there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm just... Be- because you're attacking it physically and using it, I'm sure you can't cover your ear, so if you want to go ahead and give me another wisdom saving throw... Ari, I can't see what's going on up ahead. Why is Calvert screaming? <laughs> uh, I think the, the walls are screaming? <laughs> That'll be a... Not Calvert's! 17, okay, so it is painful the screaming is... Uh, but you're able to kind of withstand whatever it is attempting to do to you. Physically, psychically, whatever it is. He just hit the walls with his mace. Where's the tuning fork? <laughs> oh no, I'm not pulling that back out. <laughs> Alright, uh, you know what, screw this. I'm just gonna go for it. I'm just going straight through the okay, water. Okay, so, the water, okay. when you start moving, is difficult fall. terrain or hindering terrain. Okay. So it slows you down, so keep that I'll in mind. It. I'll make it to that point. And it is really loud where you are because this one is also screaming, and they sound like those... I don't know if you guys remember those annoying toys that you would squeeze... I mean, I'm showing my age plus I have kids. 
but you squeeze it and they make these annoying little the rubber chicken tones. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, those yeah. rubber chickens that keep There spreading. you go. Ugh. Okay. So, Ari, Gorath, you guys come around the corner, you see these mushrooms emanating these noise, and you can definitely hear it. You keep your hands on your ears on... I think, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I will yeah. clarify that we have, or I have at least stowed my shield in Warhammer. Okay, and then Kelbrook's dashes. I mean, there's just water as he's trying to, you know, pull his feet free and uh, makes it away across there as he's getting a little frustrated at this as the noise continues to shriek. Well, since I saw him get across, I'm going to go ahead and go. Okay, so it's half speed, so each square yeah. will cost you 10 instead of 5. It is too tight to move past each other at this point. It's very narrow. Right standing there. in the water, then. <laughs> Graph. Going. No. So do I see that they, uh, you know, the water is deep? Uh, you notice that it goes into the center point, probably up to about mid shin on Arya. She's running through, hmm. uh, and you can see that there's resistance. Like she's kind of having to like high step a little bit, pull her feet from something in the bottom, muck, silt, something hmm. to that effect. Alright. Well, I will wait for them to cross the other side. Alright, so he's holding. Capbooks, you continue to move. Yep. Alright. At this point, you're back on solid ground, still damp and kind of uh, soft. Um, And you see more winding tunnel. Uh, The ceiling in the tunnel at this point is, like I had described before, five to six feet in height. Appropriate size for a dwarf. Uh, very uncomfortable for anyone higher than a dwarf or taller than a dwarf. Gorath, follow the light. Yes, Gorath. You're in complete darkness. You can see the light. You have a general idea. All right. But because it is dark and you are moving, I would like an athletics check for you. It's very tight quarters. You can't see... That is a 10 plus 6. Oh, easy. You will easily enough maneuver through there. I am sorry, gentle mushrooms. I don't know what has disturbed you. <laughs> Some of the people walking there, definitely. As you will trudge through. Alright. The screeching or the shrieking will continue. <laughs> Obviously, it's getting a little quieter for you as you round the bend of this tunnel here, continuing to move. Gilbrooks continues to move with the light source. Yep. It's a little darker for you, Gorath. Gorath, are you behind me? I will come around the corner. There we go. As you all kind of regroup, once Gorath gets around the corner, it's just everything goes silent. Huh. The shrieking stops. Oh. I'll give you guys all a nature check, if you'd like, at this point. I don't think they liked the light. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was the light. That's a 10 for me. That's a 17 for me. That's a nat 20 for me. Plus 2. Okay, so Gorath and Ari have encountered these. Gorath probably would have encountered these inside some of the caverns in the Demon Spine Mountain. You know that these typically are in, like, moldy, dark places, dank places, and creatures that are intelligent enough or smart enough will find these things, cultivate these things, grow them, and use them as alarms or deterrent. Uh, they will not shut up, and they will continue to scream until you know, you're without with you know proximity of the shrieking mushroom or spore. 
now it is all quiet. You can hear dripping up ahead, Kelbricks. It's very faint. You can still smell that earth must and mold and mildew and the, the humidity of water kind of confined in this dark tunnel. Alright. Yeah. I'll keep going and moving. So you guys will travel another 15 or so feet. As you continue to move, you again see growth of these strange-looking stalks. They look different than the ones you encountered, the shrieking uh, mushrooms that you encountered before, but these are another type of weird fungus spore or mushroom or something that is kind of growing in a similar fashion. They're, they're growing from the water up. They haven't screamed, and you're within close proximity, but not, like, right up on them. Alright, uh, I'm gonna try and move past them and do my best to disturb them as little as possible. Okay, so that would be an athletics check. Now, as you begin to maneuver, you're going to plant your foot, and it drops significantly deeper and further. (laughs) So that first plant, you get a pretty good, like, you put your foot into the water... And you're almost up to, like, mid-shin. Like, it's a pretty significant drop. And I, I was not expecting that. I have a five total for my athletics, so and I just go headfirst into the water. You <laughs> will go headfirst into the water. And because of the commotion, as well as the... I'm going to uh, die. Please do not. There is a reaction from these fungus that are on the wall that you are... Right Lovely. Great. Can I try and grab him? You you can, except for it's going to be a disadvantage, we'll say, athletics check, because he is significantly further from you, so this is kind of like a you gotta sprint and grab a hold of him kind of maneuver. Alright. Otherwise I'm falling in with you, I guess. Uh, six. Yeah, no, you move five feet and just kind of, you cannot get there. You cannot get there. Um, At least I didn't pull you in with me. Yeah. Ari, when you move up to do so, you see that these mushrooms look very similar and eerie to a one-eyed creature that is very popular. Ooh. And I will show you. I don't like that. So at first glance, you think this is a different type of creature, but it does nothing. There's some movement and rustling within the different stocks and things that are around it, but nothing. Kelbricks, you are submerged in the water. Uh, you drop down three or four feet. Like, it's a significant drop. And when your hands kind of hit the bottom, you place your hands on something that is not mud. It's tangible, and when you kind of begin to, like, push up against it and, like, grab a hold, you feel as if it's something goes into your hand and squishes. When you come up, you have a handful of, like, what looks like bloated, rotted flesh or cloth or mixed together uh, when you stand straight up. All right. Um, I think there's a dead body in here. Did you search it? (laughs) By all means, be my guest. Yeah, I don't uh, really want to go swimming, though. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, the uh, the fungus thing, are those, like, moving next to me? Would you look at it? It doesn't appear to be moving next to you. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Alright, uh, I'm gonna... I guess start swimming through the water and try to make it to the other side. Okay. That's an athletics. Um, check your armor, see if it's disadvantage or not. Uh, no, because I'm wearing medium armor. That's a lot better. That's a 16. Okay. So swimming is half speed, unless you have the, I think it's the swimming uh, feet or no. athletics feet or something like that. So yeah, you are able to make it all the way across as you start to, you know, pull yourself out of this puddle or small swimming pool, if you will, because it gets pretty deep. Um, and you smell like stagnant stale water. It smells mm. atrocious. Lovely. Um, you took damage on the last battle, correct? You took some damage? I, I had, yes. Okay. During the short rest, though, I'm back up to max. Okay. So Kelbrooks makes it across. He swims across. And because of him swimming across, the tunnel now smells like sulfuric water, like atrocious, stagnant, stale water. It's gross. It's almost to the point where you, you're going to start that little gagging. Mm. It's but gray water. It, it's gray water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to follow him. Okay. Do you wish to wade through the water? Are you going to swim across? I'm going to swim. Okay. Athletics for you. <clears throat> That's a 9 and 2, so 11. 11. Okay. So you begin to make it across, going you know half your speed. You're swimming across Kelbrooks. You can hear Arya. Yep. She is swimming, splashing a little louder than you were. I don't she she makes it over across the way, and obviously you're close enough. You could extend a hand and kind of help her out at this point. Yeah. Gorath. Smells the again. You're almost in the dark there. Yeah. What is going on over there? <laughs> when you come around the corner, you see a very large, one-eyed creature, almost looking right at you. It startles you for a second. You do not see your compatriots, but you can see the tunnel goes around the bend. Go ahead and swim across. It's fine. You'll, you'll hear Ari. Go into the light. <laughs> come to the light again. <laughs> it smells awful. <laughs> we know. <Yes. laughs> Hurry up so we can go. Uh, fine. All right, I'll swim. And Garath, you probably can walk this. One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that easy. It, yeah, I mean, it would be like, it's like a seven foot tall. Yeah, you. maybe like up to your mid mid to upper chest. Like uh, you can walk through it if you want. All right, you can swim. I, I'll just wade through. Like, yeah. All right. Disgusting. So go ahead and give me an athletics disgusting. check when you get to about midway point. Give me an athletics check. Uh, six plus six is twelve. Okay, you definitely plant your foot on something and feel something break beneath your foot when you take your first step in the middle of this kind of Ew. pool. Also, there and might be a dead body. And you also see when you do, it's almost like there's slight bubbles or uh, sediment that kind of float to the top. Ew. You take another step and you feel another crunch and you stagger a little bit, catching yourself on the wall of the tunnel. And again, you feel that kind of weird sensation. As, again, more bubbles begin to kind of pull up. Like, you know, like a, a gentle soda uh, or pop kind of fizzing there. Yeah. With, with bits of, of, of backwash or, or things flowing oh. to the top of the water. Gross. And the smell is now increasingly worse as the bubbles kind of pop to the surface. 
It's like it's containing some sort of nauseous buildup of gas or fumes or something to that effect. Good old, you know, decomposition of a dead body. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Alright. I'm gonna continue yep. out. Alright. You make your way about 15 feet further down this tunnel when you start spotting a stone wall that has been broken inward. Um, you can see piles of uh, stone that are lay on the floor, several feet scattered and piled up in front of you. The opening is large enough for you to walk through upright. It looks as if something or someone kind of bashed in through or something had happened here for sure. This once was some type of solid wall for sure. Do you think there's casks of wine on the other side? No. Let's find out. Oh. Head through. So as you enter in, Kelbrix, you're the first. There's Immediately. A... Yeah, you're, in. you're going to see Lovely. moving through the opening, uh, in the mortared stone wall, you do finally feel the familiarity of the stone floor beneath you. As the temperature now changes, it's less muggy, it's a little cooler in here with the stone okay. walls and floor. The hallway is what it looks like, is roughly about 20 to 25 feet in length, 10 feet wide. The ceiling is about six and a half, seven feet tall, so it's fairly tall. You see that there is some strange looking broken sediment and stone at the north end of the hallway. At the southern end of the hallway, there is a door that is open with a skeletal corpse or skeletal remains laying in the doorway essentially and Ari you will see Kelbrick as he's kind of standing there looking pondering uh, both north south or his right then left and then he'll look back to you look safe I mean there's a skeleton in the doorway I'll let you take the lead well, uh <laughs> All right, then. As Ari, you can hear Gorath kind of trudging out of that water coming up behind you. <laughs> well, do we want to look at these uh, weird stone markings on the ground over here? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Take a quick look at those. So you guys will move north towards these strange stone bits and, and markings that are lying on the floor. Well, at least Ari will move. Alright, I'm gonna get to the threshold. How tall is it? Is you can just feel the stone grazing your bald head. It's nah. not terrible. It's okay. But you can stand upright. <laughs> Ari, you move over to the spot on the floor as you hear Gorath step through as Kelbrick's moves over to your left side. And you see that this once was a slightly raised dais. It's now broken cracked, destroyed, if you will, and it has all kinds of ruins uh, carved into the stonework and different types of inlay. Uh, some sort of strange red-looking uh, inlay in some, in some of the carvings. Does anybody speak Dwarven? Uh, or Dwarvish? Dwarvish? I happen to speak Dwarvish because I, I hate the little bastards. I figured you would. I, I actually do. Okay, so... This is not necessarily <laughs> a language, but they are dwarven ruins. Okay. And Kelbrix, I want you to go ahead and give me an arcana check, if you will. Nope, not a clue. Okay. 
It's a one. <laughs> um, there you go. Well, you got anything? Uh, I have no idea. They're dwarven runes, but I they don't make sense. What type of dwarven ruins are you looking at up there? I don't know. You want to come look instead? I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. <laughs> I'll move over here. Scorath can get by. Alright, Gorath, you Ariel move way as you move into her spot north. You look at this pile of rubble hmm. ruins carved in the hmm. Let's see. You can either have a investigation or an arcana check. Which are you choosing? Uh we're gonna do an investigation. Okay. I'm sure I don't know anything about it. I was gonna say if you made an arcana <laughs> check, it would be at a disadvantage. Yeah. Though. It will be a seven. Okay. They're dwarven ruins, all right. Uh, dwarven ruins. That's, this, that's all you know. Okay. <laughs> Are we gonna go through the door then instead? Let's smash dwarven ruins. Make some good dwarven ruins. <laughs> okay, go right. <laughs> I was gonna say, does does the pattern like on the the ground or anything look familiar to the um, runes and stuff mm-hmm. in? From all the way back when we first started on this journey and did the slight teleportation uh, between the. Go ahead and give me an investigation check. <clears throat> well, that's better. That's uh, 13 plus 0. Yeah. Yeah, you're putting two and two together, and the ruins are, are more than likely the dwarven symbols for what you would have seen in the teleportation circle. Okay. Um, they seem like they were once magical and connected, but obviously whatever's happened here has destroyed it, and they no longer hold any magical uh, ability or, or energies. I remember, I recall Rowan had talked about how the Threaders said that there was a teleportation into a secret area for the dwarf, but that had been broken, so it makes sense. Correct. All right. Alright. Let's go check out this dead body. Yeah, I'll let you lead the way. Yay. <laughs> Are you moving about 25 feet? You following me? Yeah. To the south, followed by Kelbrix and Gorath, you will see the skeletal remains of some type of humanoid creature that is laying in the doorway. Um, the bones on the skeletal remains are blackened, charred. All right. Do you want to say anything? <laughs> Do Lead anything? <laughs> okay. I'm just going to step over this skeleton then. Okay. Keep going. As you step through the doorway <laughs> and you plant your feet right there, your feet sink slightly into the ground, which is weird because it is stone, but it feels like a dough-like uh, consistency, if you will. Um... Just stepped on a pressure plate. No, it's not a pressure plate. It's no, different feelings. She knows pressure plates, and it is not it. Okay. Ari, your passive perception is higher than I would assume on an 11. It's passive okay. perception is a 14. Yeah. You begin to hear beyond kind of echoing, seemingly out of the doorway off to your right or to the east direction, eastern direction. Um, what sounds like cackling or laughing, but it's very sadistic and sick. Uh, I think there's a crazy person in here. (laughs) And it's not just one, it's multiples. Crazy people's in here. (laughs) Lots of 
gibbering, laughing, or maniacal speech, random insanity just begins to fill through. I would like for each of you to give me a wisdom saving throw at this point. Great. That's a 15 for me. 10 plus 5. I also have a 15. 13 plus 2. I have a 7. <laughs> 6 plus 1. So we have 7 for Gorath. What was yours again? 15. 15. And 15. Okay, so... Gorath. As you step up, kind of looking at the skeletal remains, examining it, and then looking back towards Ari, and then Kelbrix, you begin to hear this kind of maniacal, cynical gibbering of insanity. You seem to be affected by the noise coming from the direction in which your compatriots are. You uh, go ahead and roll me a d8, if you will. Four. Okay, you stand there with a blank expression on your face. Continue on, Ari and Kelbrix. Careful of the floor here, it's squishy. The noise of this insane gibbering gets a little bit louder. And as you take that next step, you're going to need to give me a athletics check from this point on. Because when you pull your feet, it's almost like tar or gum. And it kind of adheses to it or sticks to it. And it is getting extremely loud where you are currently, Ari. This insane kind of... Tackling, sick, torturous laughter, ominous gibbering. Um, yep, and Kelbrooks, when you start making your move, you can feel the ground as you, you're about 10 feet behind Ari currently, heading in that same direction she is. Yeah, you're, you're starting to feel the ground, like she was saying. Each step begins to kind of feel like, you know, oh, got a, a tension or a suction to it. Gorath continues to stand there looking. Directly at you. Blankly. Gorath, you coming, bud? Gorath. He, he just continues to <laughs> to stare at you blankly. Ari, something's wrong with Gorath. He, he's lost his mind, finally. That took longer than I expected. <laughs> uh, uh, you you can't answer, Gorath. You, you have the ability to talk. You just kind of feel like you're in a trance, like... I'm coming. <laughs> oh, okay. He's, you he's, good? I'm go ahead, good. Go ahead and roll me a D8 now. Okay. Ari, you begin to hear what sounds... Three? three? You continue to stay there. <laughs> in, in the room beyond the doorway that you are currently next to, and I assume kind of facing southward at, you begin to hear what sounds like something sliding wet and, and, and slimy, oh sliding God. across the floor pushing bits of debris, uh, broken furniture, something to that effect. Um. As you stand there, you begin to see something moving into your view. There's something in here. There is a very large, <laughs> ominous-looking like mound of pink flesh or goo with multiple eyes and massive mouths and tiny mouths filled with teeth 
or teeth. Let me teeth. speak better England there. <laughs> it looks like that. I don't oh. I don't like that. What is that? For those of you out there in <laughs> podcast land, check it out on YouTube. It's pretty ominous. Oh my god. And uh, I'm gonna have everybody roll that? an initiative. <laughs> Not nice. I don't want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not going first. I know. <laughs> I have a nat 23. Oh, oh. I like that. I like oh, that. I don't. And how Uh, six. That's bumbling idiot. I have a 13, 11, and two. This will be fun. Alright, let me roll for fun. the creature. Oh boy. That is going to be 18 for our creature. Oh boy. Yay. Okay. So. Ari, you see this large mound of teeth, eyes, flesh, or goo or something, and it's you know, medium-sized creature, and it has kind of slothed its way around the open door and put itself directly into your view. Um, it is going to be your turn first, uh, followed by the creature. Does it look like it's going to attack me? It looks threatening and, and ominous, yes. It looks like it's continuing its momentum to move towards you as you see these tiny little kind of eye stalks as they kind of like look towards you with these sickly looking eyes and they kind of look like tendrils but they're not like it. Uh, or so you think okay well I'm gonna pull out my short bow then and try to shoot it okay so, 11 to hit and 11 will hit it Four and I did not click on that. Thank you, D twenty. Sorry, I lost my place. Seven. <laughs> For damage. Seven was the damage. <laughs> okay. Oh, and then I want to move back. <laughs> and remember, you're going to need to make because of the ground oh, yeah. and the way it feels. Uh, each time you guys will start your turn in a specific area near this creature, you're going to need to make a strength saving throw at this point. Oh, in order to maneuver. Nine. Seven and, and two. And you are stuck. Your speed is zero. You cannot move. You pull and pull and your feet are locked into place. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> Kelbrick's there's a thing. Kelbrick's can hear it. He hasn't seen it, but he can definitely hear it. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay, I'll be there. It has lots of mouths. <laughs> it and does eyes. have lots of mouths and eyes. And it looks bad. So next is going to be the creature, which is 10 feet to the south of you, Ari. Inside this room, you're going to see it as it is going to sloth and move its way into the doorway. No, thank you. <laughs> right next to you 
one of the mouths kind of like opens up and it spits this ugh, whatever gook kind of like that dinosaur in Jurassic Park oh. yeah just get you good there or attempts to so and it comes out and it's like it's not like a, a liquid it's, it's more of like a globule thick kind of gelatinous spit if you will viscous spittle viscous yes very viscous yes Moist and viscous. The viscosity. Um, I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Okay. You cannot move. Your speed is zero. I feel like this is going to be a disadvantage roll. Disadvantage? Yeah, I'm oh, pretty no. sure that would constitute a disadvantage in my mind. Okay. Uh, 11, 6, and 5. <laughs> All right, so you attempt to pull away, but you instead weave into the direction of the spittle as it hits you directly in the face. Oh, um, you will see this Kelbrex is this kind of <clears throat> globule grossness just hits her in the face so it explodes in a bright flash of light uh, each creature within five feet of this flash uh, has to make a dexterity saving throw which you currently are not five feet next well. to the creature or Ari so you're good but she is blinded until the end of the creature's next turn great oh boy yep and then it will take a second attack now that you are blinded as it lurches forward aggressively and one of the larger mouths on the creature attempts to bite into you, Ari. And it will have advantage because you are not only blinded, but you cannot move. Your speed is reduced due to this spongy ground effect or whatever is taking place. Will a 12 hit you? No. Okay. You will smell it, and you will feel and hear the teeth kind of grind as they clack together. Uh, and you can feel and smell the, the disgusting aroma of its breath as it misses. Nasty. Um, Gareth. Let me check on something here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gareth will continue to stand still. <laughs> it's be the tree all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Person who is supposed to be the most excited about righting the wrongs of a dwarf is doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I am doing something. He's staring into the void. (laughs) I am moving. (laughs) Uh, Did did you eat some of those mushrooms? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Gareth, go ahead and give me another wisdom saving throw. That is a three. You can now roll me a one die eight again. That's a one. No, yeah, that's a one. You continue to stand there um, doing nothing. Your turn is essentially forfeit at this point. It says, on failure, the creature, being Gorath, can't take reactions until the start of its next turn. Rolls a d8 to determine what is he doing his turn, which we determine he's doing absolutely nothing. So he's kind of mesmerized or affected by the noise of this creature. And his turn will end. And Kelbricks, you are close enough proximity, you will need to make a wisdom saving throw as well. As it appears to be... What do you got? I got a 22. You're you're good, you shake it off. You look back to Gorath and he's just stone-faced. 
Kubrick's the wise. Yeah, and Ari is in a bad place as she is trying to wipe her eyes, get her you know vision back. Uh, you saw the bright flash, but were you know not affected by it. You can now see bits of this creature kind of lunging out and attacking, and it's not good. All right. Well, I'm gonna hope that radiant damage will do something extra, so I am going to move kind of in this angle and cast sacred flame on this creature. So you move five feet diagonally in an eastern direction, kind Which of. Do I have to make a strength saving throw? You do. You do move. because the floor is still gooey and dough-like. All right. Uh, that is a 14 total, 12 plus 2. You are able to do so, but it is getting tougher and tougher. You and position yourself. DC 13 deck save. And it will be able to fail that one. Oh, right. So, so it will take 1d8 radiant damage. And this is from Sacred Flame? Yes, it is. All right. So it will take 5 points of radiant damage. Okay. Um, you will extend your holy symbol... You will raise your hand and do your motions as you normally do for this spell, and you will see that the radiant damage it affects it does does the damage to it, but Perfect. it's still very hardy, viable creature. Mm. And that'll end my turn. All right, that ends round one as we come to the start of round two, as it is now Ari's turn as the laughter and the chatter and the gibbering is grotesquely loud. Uh, you are going to need to make a wisdom saving throw from that. That's 15 and 2, 17. Yep, you're able to kind of shake that off. Doesn't seem to affect you currently. You are blinded. I believe you was the blinded effect. Help me out here, Brian. It is... Blinded, a blinded creature has disadvantage on all attacks and yep. saving throws, or dexterity saving throws and strength, I believe. I think that is correct. And any creature attacking someone who is blinded has advantage. Correct. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and hit it with my daggers, as I know general area it is. You, you do. You can hear it. You can smell it. You saw it before, so it's still disadvantaged. You pull out a dagger. Okay. <laughs> There's that was a one. I don't need to roll again. Uh, so net one, so six. <laughs> so as you pull out your dagger, you are going to get it caught on your like your 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 sheath or whatever, and you're going <laughs> to panic a little bit, and you will lose your dagger as it hits the floor. Oh, great. I'm gonna try and step back again. That would also be a uh, strength saving throw. Disadvantage again? I'm pretty sure with the blinded effect it would, but let me get my player's handy dandy notebook. Mm. Well, the floor condition wouldn't that make a disadvantage anywhere? I... I don't know, maybe not. Let me double check on the condition. Um, so, is any ability check that requires sight? Well, I mean. Okay. So then you will not be a disadvantage for the. Automatically fails. Blindness. So yeah. it will be a regular roll. It's going to be a regular roll. Okay. Uh, 12 then. 10 and 2. You are able to move uh, and pull yourself away if you would like. And you back up. And it is going to take any opportunity to attack. Of course. Because I forgot to disengage. <laughs> and one of the mouths kind of extend almost like an alien mouth. 
but snaps and misses. As you find yourself backed against a wall and you kind of startle abruptly. And I'm assuming that'll be the end of your turn. Yes. Okay. It'll now be the creature's turn as it begins to sloth outward. It's actually going to sloth towards Kelbrick's. So it kind of goes diagonally five feet out of the doorway and comes right up next to Kelbrick's. That's not good. And it has a eight to hit you, sir. I will actually miss. All right. Oh, my God. Uh, and that is all it's going to do is it is now Gorath's turn who can still hear this nasty ominous gibbering and mouthing give me a wisdom saving throw to see what happens 15 plus 1 16 oh, my friend my friend you are no longer affected by this you kind of shake your head to shake it off and you see your friend Kelbrix and Ari they desperately need your well worn warhammer well, what did you guys do why did you guys go ahead without me that's not important right now. Please help. <laughs> what is this thing? All right, I'll walk through and I will uh, pull out the warhammer. Go ahead and give me a strength saving throw to walk. Am I no longer blinded now? You are currently no longer blinded. Use the back of your hand to clear your eyesight and the beam from it. 13 plus 6, 19. Oh, absolutely. You have walked in thicker snow than this. In oh, <laughs> What? what in the hells is this thing? <laughs> it is gross. All right. Well, I don't know. I did not take out my shield, so I will uh, two-handed attack the war with the warhammer. All right. So you quickly pull out your worn warhammer. My worn hammer. The worn hmm. hammer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, that's a ten to hit. Four plus six. Ten will hit it. Ten will hit it. That's oh, nice. a nice. <laughs> disregard what I said. <laughs> Two-handed attack. That's a d10. That is a nine plus four. Thirteen. All right. Thirteen points of bludgeoning damage. Slam in this creature. And the feeling when the Warhammer sinks into it, it is very dough and spongy. Yeah. A little bit more softer and fleshy than your normal targets. All right. So I guess I'm going to... Put my foot on it and like grace it to like rip the warhammer back out and yep. then yep. You attack can do that. again. You can do that. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, this is gross. Right. How do you attack it again? Sure, have two attacks. No, wait. We're level three. We yeah, didn't level up. We're still level. Uh, yeah. Two. Yeah, we didn't level up. <laughs> I haven't taken that long rest. No, we did not take the long rest. <laughs> Is it five? Level five, yeah. All right. I'm Good try. He's, no. <laughs> he's glimpsing into the future. Oh, because I've been bonus attacking. That's why. Which, I will, which I will, technically, after doing further review on the play... I will do you, a kick You can't. <laughs> you, you cannot bonus attack okay. a melee attack. Okay. Yes. So that was my fault for several episodes. My apologies. So your turn mm. will be complete at this point. Unless that's what... Daggers, you can yes, but like well, I drop one on the floor, so I, I think it can be a what light light weapon. You can use a bonus action attack, yes, but yeah. like physically doing an arm strike. No. Okay, the monks, fighting? I think, are the only ones that can do bonus action, fisting, kicking, punching, headbutting stuff. Yeah, phrasing. Um, <laughs> Kelbrooks, it will be your turn. All right, um, give me a wisdom saving throw as yeah. he is continuing the gibbering mouthing at everyone here. 
only going to be an 11. 6 plus 5. Uh, the 11 for your wisdom saving throw. You almost feel as if you're starting to fall into a trance. <laughs> but you shake it off and you're no longer affected by whatever was beginning to take hold. Okay. Great. Um, Light on fire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will, uh, I'll do, yeah, I'll, I'll do another, uh, I, I'll do another sacred flame. Okay. So you will extend forth your holy symbol, mm. casting forth sacred flame as it will fail. Good. I was hoping this thing wasn't very dexterous. Well, that'll be seven points of radiant damage this time. And it is effective. It is beginning to show signs of damage. Room still height for me. You're you're still good. The entire area uh, so far is about seven. But feet I can only do side attacks, no overhead attacks. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Advantage or disadvantage? You're still good. Okay. Just regular, regularly swinging. All right. Unless I just want to try sure. some sort of. No, no. no I, I was just making sure because I would have had advantage with being next to him, which would have negated the disadvantage. But I just wanted to make sure that we were clear on what my rules would be if this, if I'm not in, not next to somebody else. Oh, you still wouldn't have advantage next to somebody else. You got to be flanking. No, but I'm just saying. With, I've got we've got two people flanking him, right? No, no. Yeah, he had to be in the middle so. of you. Oh, okay. Never mind. Right. Ah. Okay, so we're good. Disregard. No, no, disadvantage, <laughs> no disadvantage. No disadvantage or no advantage. All right, so Kelbricks has finished his turn. This will end round two as we move on to round three at the top of the order with Ari from the gibbering mouthing of this abolith-like creature. Go ahead and give me a wisdom saving throw. Seven. You fall to the maniacal mm-hmm. laughter and sick, twisted words of this creature. As you have failed, um, would you please give me a 1d8 roll, please? Yes. One. You will stand there doing nothing, unable to do anything, and your turn is essentially forfeit. As we move to the creature, roll for... Okay. It is going to sloth its way over to Gorath. It does not need to take any action to disengage from Ari because she is entranced or affected by the gibbering. Can't do anything. Uh, and is still engaged with Kelbrix as it is going to attempt to bite Gorath. And Gorath, and as a four, I'm assuming. Yeah, will that miss. will be okay. Okay. So it will <laughs> miss. Cute. As it will now bring us to your turn, Gorath. Wisdom save? That is correct. As it continues to mouth and gibber words of insanity and chaos. That is a nat 20. You uh, shunt your... You shunt those words. You are great. Ha! Ha! Not this time, Falgu. <laughs> Alright, two-hand attack him again. Yep. 13 plus 6. 19 to hit. And a 19 will hit, yes. With 9 points of damage. Alright, so the 9 points will sustain. Take hold. And that shall end my turn. As I as I goo, goo remove the hammer again. From okay. <laughs> Alright. And it will bring up Kelbrix as Ew. he continues to gibber and mouth. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna keep on sacred flaming this thing. Give me a wisdom saving throw first. Oh, yes, of course. Wisdom save. As the incoherent babble continues to not fill doing the sacred halls. flame there. Not doing a sacred flame. That's a nat one. Yeah, no. Um, the the words of the babble from this creature have affected you. So go ahead and roll me one die eight. That's a six. You have rolled a six. This means take you take one. no action, bonus action, and uses all of its movement to move in a randomly determined direction. So go ahead and roll me. <laughs> First, a strength save to see if I can actually move. <laughs> yeah, give me a strength save to see if you can move. That's a good point. Yeah, I'll be able to move. That's a uh, 15 total. Okay, good. And give me, roll me a d4. D4. And we'll use them as cardinal directions. One will be north, four will be east. I run straight into the wall. Okay, so you head south directly into the wall? No, north. North. Oh, okay. Wall. I gotcha. So you, I literally turn gotcha. and move straight into the wall behind me. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, all the things are taking place here. Mm. All right, let me get you positioned. Yep. All right. So that will end your turn, and yeah, we will end round three as we start round four with Ari. Go ahead and give me another wisdom saving throw to see if you can fight past the babbling, nonsensical, incoherent words of this creature. That's a nine, seven, and two. No, no, okay. sorry. You are still affected by this incoherent babble, as I need you to roll me the d8. Five. You also can take no action or bonus action, and you will need to make a strength saving throw to see if you can move, <laughs> as you will move in a random direction determined by a d4. Fifteen. You definitely can move. Roll the d4 to see which direction. Three. You are going to move as far as you can in a western direction or to your, I guess it would be your right. So, let's see. I'll move you since you're kind of like unable to control yourself because the creature has you. You're actually going to move... Like squeezing yourself like right there like into that <laughs> into that corner right next to Gorath um, as she moves through everyone, and that will end your turn as the creature will now is going to bite at Gorath. Will a ten hit you, Gorath? That will not. You don't have your shield. So I do not have my shield. The shield is unequipped. Okay. Okay. As it will miss, Gorath. It is now your turn. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Wisdom saving throw for the babble as it continues. Gotta go from a nat 20 to a nat 1. Here we go. It's <laughs> the walls of dice right there. There it is. Oh god. <laughs> Does he roll one? I rolled a 1. That's the wall of, wall of the dice. Oh. Um, go ahead and roll me a d8. We're gonna die. <laughs> That's an 8. Thank you for doing that. Um, I need you to roll me a d6 please. No. Six. Something Go ahead and make your attack as you are now swinging at Ari. Oh no! Oh, Nat twenty. Is this? Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, deal your damage, Ari. You are going to take all of the worn hammer's <laughs> damage from Gorath. It's uh, twelve, and then 
Two. So 14. <laughs> Your worn hammer will slam into Ari. Ari, you take 14 points of damage. How are you looking there, Ari? I have four points. You're looking a little rough. If you begin to, to kind of cough from that shot, maybe a little blood drip from the side of the mouth on that one. Well, all right then. Um... Kelbrooks, that will or Kelbrooks will be up. Gorath, that will end your turn. So Kelbrooks, you are up. Wisdom save is a seventeen. Yeah, plus five. That is good. You watch Gorath as he slams into Ari. Oh gosh. All right. Um. I, I mean, I can't. I have no spells. <laughs> I'm not a spell slot. Do you have so. a weapon? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just going to continue doing Sacred Flame because that does. As much damage as my mace would. Okay. Or more. Yep. Okay. Do that then. And your DC is? 13. It will fail. Alright. Uh, that's three points of radiant damage. Alright. Three points. And the, continue, the, the creature still has some viability to it, but it's starting to show significant damage at this point. Okay. Good. Uh, and that will end my turn. As that will end round four, bringing us to the top of round five, with Ari, badly wounded, <laughs> yeah. <from> friendly fire, <laughs> or was it? It is your turn. That's a 13 for wisdom save. You are able to shake that off. You have got your senses and wits. That knocked the cobwebs ah. out of her. <laughs> did not I did a good one. <laughs> Gorath, what the hell? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna pull my rapier out this time. Okay. And try to hit it. Okay. That's a 15 to hit. It will. Good. 15 will hit it. That's seven. Do I get um, sneak attack? You do have an ally next to it, so sneak attack would be applied, yes. Okay, so that was seven for damage. What type of damage is that? Is that piercing? Uh, The rapier, I think. I believe so. Yes, piercing. All right, and now for your sneak attack damage. It's 2d6. Um, 10. All right, that carves into the creature to where this viscous fluid begins to spill from the wound as it begins to kind of writhe and shrivel back That's as nasty. it shows sign of imminent death. But it is still fighting. Okay. Um, that's it for me. Alright. The creature. The gibbering mouthing creature that continues its relentless attack on the three of you will now look at Gorath with multiple eyes that it has as the large main mouth on the center mass of this creature spits this globule goo directly at you. Um, it will explode as it does, and I need everybody, because you're all within five feet of it, to give me a dexterity saving throw. Please. And remember, if you are slowed, which I don't think anybody is currently from the, the ground. Hmm? Uh, oh no. I have a zero. 
Two minus two. I love that. I love that a lot. Zero. Well, you are blinded until the uh, end of its next turn, I think it says. So close to an eighteen. Yes, until the end of the creature's next turn. Two. Ari, what did you have? Uh, unnat twenty-one. All right, you have learned from your previous lesson and quickly turned your head or shielded your eyes. Gorath. We're at nine. Seven plus two. You are blinded as well. So both you and Kelbricks are suffering from the blinded condition. Okay, and now it's going to. I'm going to say it's going to keep trying to bite. Gorath, which is directly in front of the creature. And it will have advantage because you are blinded. A 20, Gorath. That will hit. You will feel the sting of its bite as it gets to finally inflict some freaking damage. <laughs> it has been inflicting damage. It's going to inflict more than that. Psychic damage. <laughs> All right. That is 16. Ooh. One six. 16 points of piercing damage. Dang. I need you to give me a strength saving throw. If I just hit, I'm gonna die. 19. 13 <laughs> plus 6. Okay, you are unaffected as the creature seems to have a significant, significantly bludgeoning force behind the bite. Almost as if it was trying to knock you prone. But you're able to stand tall, as usual. Uh, Brian, you wanted math six. Six tall. Oh boy. Gorath, it is now your turn. Don't forget. Wisdom save. Yes, the gibbering mouthing continues from the creature. This is a nine. An eight plus one. You are affected. It is beginning to break down your thick skull. In hairy ears. That's a five. Okay. You can do absolutely nothing at this point, according to its statistics. Uh, And I need you to roll a d4 to determine what direction you may randomly run off into. Strength saving throw or not? Uh, Yes, to determine if you can get out of the dough like. (laughs) That's a one. Okay, go ahead and give me a, a direction you would have attempted to go, just for fun. Four. Okay, you would have tried to run into Kelbricks. But, <laughs> but you cannot pull yourself free. But that will end your turn, Gorath, as we move to Kelbricks' turn. Your party is looking rough, Kelbricks. It's up to you, Death Cleric. Alright, I'm a Grave Cleric, not I'm a Death sorry, Cleric. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're correct. <laughs> Big Technically a Soul Shepherd, let me yes. correct myself. Uh, so, Wisdom Save is a 14, yep. 9 plus 5. Yep, that's good. So- Yay, but I am blinded, so I'm going to use my mace and try to smack this thing with disadvantage. Yep. Holy cow, I'm actually going to hit. That's uh, Hmm. 14 plus 4, so 18 total. Your mace will find purpose and hit the creature. That'll be 5 points of bludgeoning damage. You slam into the side of the creature's head. It lets out this echoey mechanism, almost like a uh, synthesized kind of stereoetic scream. As it is severely damaged. Gorath, did I hit you in the nuts? But just, <laughs> but just hanging on to life by one single thread. Uh. 
Is there anything? That's all I got. Okay. So that will end round five. We're at the top of round six. Ari, it is your turn. Give me that wisdom saving throw. Ten. Eight and two. You are able to avoid the effects of the incoherent babble the creature is spouting. All right. Going for a rapier again, then. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a unnat 20 to hit. 15 and 5. That will definitely find a spot on the body to hit. That's 5 piercing for the rapier. And... 8 sneak attack. Ari, for the listeners and the watchers out there, tell us, how does Ari do this as the creature has fallen? It has several large eyeballs, right? Uh, yes, multiple eyes all okay. over its body. I want to do a sort of like a fencing position and step forward, or well, as much as I can step sure. forward, lean and stab it right in one of its eyeballs. Oh, nice. So as you feel a slight resistance, there's kind of this popping sound as bits of goo kind of explode from the bursting eye as you Gross. drive it through the center mass. <laughs> Again, this sickening cry of what sounds like a thousand souls screaming for help rings into your ears and then with that the mass the upright gelatinous kind of fleshy mass of mouth and eyes just kind of begins to ooze and seep to the floor into a puddle and that will end our combat and i think that right there is a good place for us to stop for this chapter of our tale Thank you for listening to Crit Eating Grin. Follow us on your favorite podcast format every Friday as we see what happens in our next chapter in our adventurer's tale. You can find all things Crit Eating Grin on most platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as check out our website at criteatinggrin.com where you can find links, pictures, descriptions, as well as player, character, and campaign setting info. The music, Living Voyage, Interloper, The Movement Proposition are from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attributions 3.0, creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.